Will Davenport, thank you so much for uh, being with us today to uh, share your wines, tell, a little bit, uh, tell us a little bit about what you do. We're here at the Real Wine Fair, um, Tobacco Docs 2019 Real Wine Fair. Um, been a big fan of your wines, been uh, selling them for a couple of years, and uh, uh, really great to have you with us. So um, um, for those who aren't as familiar, could you please just uh, tell us a bit about your, yourself and uh, what you're up to and okay. then um, what you brought for us? All right, I, I um, make wine in England based in Sussex in England, and we have been making wine for about nearly 30 years now. Um, and it's all organic wine, and we produce dry white wine, sparkling wine, and a little bit of, tiny bit of red wine from Pinot Noir. Um, and it's just sort of built up slowly and slowly over 30 years to where it is now. We're, we're, I think by most vineyard standards, we're small vineyard, small producer. We've got a tiny amount of wine, really. And, uh, yeah, and it's 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 a hobby gone mad. It's <laughs> a hobby gone mad. I like yeah. that. That's yeah. great. So we've um, um we've actually just recently sat down with a few people um, um to do a couple of episodes on English wine and, and um you know, you've been you know obviously people that uh, a lot of people in the industry look up to you as uh, someone who's really paved the way for uh, making right. kind of quality wines in the region with mm -hmm. the, with a steadfast uh, vision. So, uh, I mean, thirty years making wine in, in, in the UK. What what have you noticed over? How, how have you seen it change and evolve over the last thirty years? Oh, it's been an enormous change. I mean, thirty years ago, English wine was largely still wine, quite often medium dry wine um, and very amateur. So um, in the last 10 or 15 years, there's been um, a lot of interest in English wine and particularly it's grown into sparkling wine in a big way. And um, that's seen a lot of new people come into the industry, investing a lot of money in the industry and planting up much, much bigger vineyards and much more commercially based vineyards. And so it's sort of generated interest from from um, the wine trade and export markets and it's, it's becoming a much more grown up industry whereas when I started it was it was a sort of small scale thing and we'd sell it in farm shops and pubs right and, uh, um, yeah but it's been quite fun a fun journey really and uh, to see it from the start right through and, yeah. and then you know uh, I can only imagine how much of a, um, a renegade but um, um, an individual path you've taken with the kind of the your 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 sustainable viticulture and, and, and production, and then to be here, are you the only English wine producer here at the Real Wine Fair? We're not the only one, actually. No, oh. no there's one Welsh vineyard. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and Anger there's Hills? three of us English vineyards. Um, one of them is uh, run by a guy who used to work with me ages ago, and the other one is a wine. A, a winery in North, a vineyard in North London, and we make their wine for them. So it's sort of all, right. con they're all connected <laughs> sure. with us in some way. All in the same and, family. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and, uh, and that's, that's what any good that's wine great. industry is like. They all know each other, there's connections all over the place. And, uh, Fantastic. Yeah. And, uh, we're really very lucky though, because we can come to this and show our wines, and we don't have to book a hotel for the weekend and get air flights and ship our wine. And right, right. We just get on the train and come to London. Well, <laughs> well, well I mean, it, it, it's almost a juxtaposition in the way I think, because for people who've been coming to this festival for years, they're not necessarily coming here thinking they're going to be tasting some local wines. And you know, a lot of people from the trade or from wherever else they're coming and seeing iconic producers around the way, and, and uh, to have kind of a, like a, a, a local hero here. I mean, what is it? What is it like to kind of just be in the festival with uh, a, a lot of people from from around Europe or wherever else oh, they're from? I, th I think, <clears throat> for me, most of the people here are the sort of making wines that I look up to. So for me, I'm, I'm sort of going, ah, this is, this is like all my, all my wine heroes are here and I'm sitting in the background of this tiny little winery in Sussex. And uh, um, so it's, it's, it's awesome to be able to be in the same room, really. And, uh, 
And that, that, I mean, there are some stunningly, stunningly good wines here. With, and there are some wineries that have been running for three generations. And, and you know, we're a new, a new, a new business. Even 30 years old, I still think in wine that's new. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, you know, but in English wine, we're an, we're one of the oldest people in the in the scene, really now. Not the oldest, but one of the few that have been around for more than 10 years. Yeah. Mm. Well, why don't we why don't we um, taste I'll show you what I brought with us? <coughs> I brought two wines. And this is a sparkling rosé. And um, and this is the our main wine that we make, which is a dry white Great style of wine. And um, I'll try this one first. And, uh, I know um, it very well. So this is um, when we first planted our vineyard in 1991 um, on my parents' old apple farm. We um, planted up a five-acre field with five different grape varieties, and they're all Germanic style grape varieties like Bacchus and Ortega and things like that and the idea when we first started was that it was always going to be a blend and a sort of single vineyard blend with these five varieties and uh, and we've made it every year since I think I don't think we've missed a year wow yeah and uh, and it and it's remarkably consistent in style actually and the advantage of blending is obviously you get a mix of the characters of all the grape varieties in one wine um, and, and so you get sort of multi-dimensional flavours. This wine was bottled two weeks ago, so it's really, really young. And, um, and the, on, on the nose, it's still a little bit, hasn't quite got over bottling yet. Mm -hmm. and in a month's time, it'll be more aromatic than it is now. And uh, mm. It's sometimes sort of commented on as a sort of Sauvignon Blanc style wine, but it's not obviously not a Sauvignon Blanc. But it, it's. Um, I, I just, I mean, to kind of the point that you said earlier about, you know, the last fifteen years have been such an, in, an increased um, um, focus on sparkling wines in mm. in, in in the UK as yeah. they've kind of rose to prominence. What I've loved about um, this wine is this has always been such a great staple to have to show people this yeah. kind of a, a good quality. Um, English still wine, and yeah. and, and so I you know I've, I've sold this to, to people for for a number of reasons. I absolutely just think it's it, it's fa it's fantastic. Um, you know, to that point of the the last fifteen years, all that heightened focus on sparkling wine. Have you seen that as a net positive? Has that been helpful to you, or has it been made some things harder? I mean, we make sparkling wine too, mm -hmm. um, and and I think some of the sparkling wines in England are very good wines. I think. The, the still wines are being seriously overlooked at the moment because of the attention on sparkling all the time. And that is partly because the, 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 the big wineries are focusing on almost entirely sparkling wine and they're the people who are spending the money on the marketing. So mm -hmm. the wine media is turning towards sparkling wine to look at it. And the still wine producers, uh, there's sort of two schools of still wine. There are the ones like us, who've got older vineyards with, with Ortega and Bacchus, and then there are the newer businesses that are growing Pinot Gris and Pinot Blanc and things like that, and occasionally Chardonnay still wines. <coughs> and I think this is, I mean, this is often commented on when you read articles about, from journalists about it as a sort of quintessential English wine. And yet in 10 years, 20 years time, then might be really difficult to find this sort of wine around. Right, right. Because <laughs> everyone's going Pinot Gris now. <laughs> but, it, but it's funny though, right? Because I mean, the, this type of climate, I mean, you know, Bacchus or Tango, it's very similar to the northern parts of the Okanagan Valley in Canada. Those are the grapes that kind of were really yeah. Yeah. Um, defined the region. Um, yeah. you know, when it was either, it, it, those were the only things other than 
um, you know, I can't, Riesling, and I can't remember, there were no other yeah. for uh, grapes, it was all um, hybrids. Yeah. So. And, and the very south of New Zealand is the same. Exactly. You know? And uh, um, yeah. Like, there's a heritage and a quality and a history <coughs> to those grapes and, yeah. and you yeah. know, wines that are perfectly relevant. Yeah, and, but I mean, this, this wine has been the, the sort of mainstay of our wine sales for, for 30 years, and without it, we wouldn't be in business anymore. It's, it's been the wine that we've just relied on. Yeah. And uh, the sparkling wine for us has always been a little sort of side of a side attraction really and, right. and okay now it because of the focus on sparkling wine we're we're being seen as a sparkling wine producer and everyone's going oh we want to try your sparkling wine but five years ago this is what everyone wanted to, uh, wanted to try and actually at the real wine fair here everyone wants to try the dry white because that's the wine everybody knows well i mean i, mean, I think too like you know we th we think of the uk wine i mean look it's expensive real estate it's expensive yeah. um, you know it's not uh, it's expensive labor in this country it's expensive relative yeah. to where else in Europe and <coughs> some of the generational um, 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 land yeah. holdings? I mean, it's um, to, for this wine to come at a, a very approachable price point. I think is also um, yeah. incredibly powerful for what it does to tell the story of the UK wine or the English wine. Yeah. Um, it's not a fifty-pound um, sparkling wine, which a lot of them no. are. And so, being able to have a high-quality, um, you know, modestly priced wine for English wine, I think, is really important for getting those kind of um, more maybe not super engaged people that aren't that's a, that's a great wine for them to kind of get into English quality wine it's a great yeah. it's a great flag and, bearer for and that, that and there are producers in England making sparkling wine on a much lower price mm -hmm. you know making sparkling wine under 20 pounds even yeah. some of them and they're and they're maybe not as good as the more expensive wines but they're really good access points for people yes. to come in and try sparkling wines and they're made by champagne method and um, and so that you know, the quality is is sort of there. It, it's not made by some some sort of cheaper method. And, and, and I think uh, you know some of the wineries that were here as well. The real wine fair. I think there's a Tillingham Pinot, uh, Tillingham uh, Pet now, which yeah. is really modestly priced and is an incredibly great kind of yeah. entry and um, yeah. entry price yeah. wine to to, yeah. to exactly that point. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, we've talked quite a bit about kind of entry, but we have we haven't really talked about like you know the sustainable focus. Or I mean, I think even when you when you look at kind of um, being here at the real wine fair, that angle of kind of production is even more, I think, um, yeah. overlooked. Locally. That's a really big thing for me because we went organic in 2000. We went organic right from the very, very beginning. We went organic in 2000. And then we've slowly started looking at the, not just being organic, but trying to be sustainable and um, making wine without um, having a high impact on the, on the environment. And um, organic's good. It's a really good, you know, it's a really good way to start start because you're not using chemicals and and fertilizers and things like that. But then there's there's so much more to it than just organic and um, and and all the all the wine trade are um, the wine industries around the world are all starting to look at sustainability really seriously. And English, the English wine industry is is just beginning to think about it. And yes. it's and it's. Um, um, it, it's, it's one of those things, I think the public are much more aware about it than the English wine industry and I think we'll be left behind yeah. a while and yeah, and it's like uh, energy use and waste and plastic pollution and all this sort of stuff is, is something I think potentially going to be a bigger thing than the organic thing. It's, it's going to, for the consumer, it's going to be a really big deal. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. so. Yeah. It's more 360 degree of yeah. like impact as opposed yeah. to just yeah. what am I putting in yeah. my body. Yeah, so I mean we've started, this, this, this bottle for example is a 785 gram bottle uh, which is about 50 grams lighter weight than the standard champagne bottle wow. and which over bulked up over 20,000 bottles a year means you're saving tons of glass 
and just little things yeah. like that make a huge difference. And if everybody did that, you'd be saving hundreds of tons of glass. <laughs> and uh, and it all, yeah, it's just a big deal. Definitely. Well, do you find that is kind of like you know where you, where you sit now in the the UK wine industry? Is that more of an opportunity or a challenge right now for you? It's kind of you're the one fighting that fight, but is it people are paying attention? Or? We've been looking at it about for about ten years now. And and just recently, actually, the the UK Vineyard Association has started asking me to sort of help them along the pathway, get them started on it. Right. And uh, so it's not—I don't think it's a challenge, but I think it's—I think it's a challenge, but it's a doable challenge. Right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> not impossible. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's it, it, it's it's this this real wine fair is brilliant because you've got a lot of people who are on the right track, thinking mm -hmm. about things. And, but then for me, I, I, look at the, I look at this on a huge, great big, heavy glass bottle, and I think, oh. There's a little bit of opportunity there, yeah. right? <laughs> no, well, why, don't we, why don't we try the sparkling? Try the other one, then. And this is only the second vintage of rosé sparkling we've ever made. So it's, um, we made a 14, and this is the 15. And, uh, Can I explain? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to tip that out. Have you got a spit in? Brilliant. So this is 60% um, Chardonnay and 40% Pinot Noir. And, um, um, and it's uh, obviously a bottle fermented and then aged with the yeast lees for 18 months to two years um, and the primary fermentation is all um, on I hesitate to say natural yeast I'm not sure because the winery is full of yeast and it, you never know quite what yeast it is but it's not had yeast added to it mm. and the secondary fermentation has added yeast to it and, uh, and then it's dosage really low at about four grams per liter. It's got a wonderfully cohesive um, deep nose mm. and on the palate yeah, that same through. It's it's um, especially with kind of or a rosé spark. I'm always looking for that kind of cohesion, that mouthfeel which it has, and then also that kind of push pull. Like looking for the varietal characteristic, but um, also that kind of that depth that complemented the kind of like the, the fruit and that kind of the sotobosco or kind of like mm. earthiness of the uh, of the thing. It's just really really nice. It's got a slightly set up slightly sharp thing to balance out the sweet fruit. And exactly. Yeah. 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 So, like that push-pull. Mm. Like I, I never like wines that are too one-dimensional or too, yeah. um, even if those characters are really bright. It's just, I want something like that contrast to help kind of be the reference point to make me like both parts mm. of it. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. And with, with sparkling wines, I find that <clears throat> they're getting the amount of dosage in the wine right is mm. absolutely the make or break for a wine. 100%. And um, so we aim to just just balance the acidity out but if it tastes sweet then we've done too much and, mm. and then you have to worry about the fact that after you disgorge the wine it then changes all over again right, right. <laughs> six months later it tastes different <laughs> definitely no it's absolutely wonderful yeah and so uh, when you started making wines did you go into sparkling wine or was that kind of yeah like, um, i mean i actually i i trained in australia as a winemaker and then i when i eventually came back to england I got a job in Hampshire working for a vineyard down there and made a sparkling wine for them based on my knowledge of making sparkling wines in Australia. Right. 
Um, and I think there was one other vineyard in England that had made a sparkling wine back then. And, oh, wow. uh, and, we, and the vineyard I worked for in Hampshire happened to grow Chardonnay and Pinot Noir and, and actually Sauvignon Blanc and Auxois as well. So, mm -hmm. we, so we made a sparkling wine using the Chardonnay. Um, and um, yeah, and it was actually quite a good wine. <laughs> I was quite impressed by that <laughs> first time around. And first time I've made a sparkling wine. And yeah, and so then when, we, when, when, I, I then, when I then um, two years later moved to Sussex, and started and built, moved in, bought the winery buildings and started the winery. We planted Pinot Noir and Oxoa as our sparkling wine right. vineyard. And, uh, and now, 20 years later, we actually don't use the Oxoa in our sparkling wine anymore. We, we make Pet Nat out of it instead. Oh, great. So it's, um, yeah, it's more, and it's, it's, it's just, Oxoa is just the most fantastic grape variety. I love it. Yeah. And it's brilliant in Pet Nat. So we thought we'll use it for that. Yeah. Really expressive. Yeah. Great. Hmm. So you, um, one of the things you said earlier, you were talking about uh, kind of seeing a lot of the, the wineries that inspire your wine because it kind of uh, you, that you really appreciate um, mm. in, in the festival. So if the, you know you have to run in there and you have to grab one bottle of wine. What's the? Uh, I've just done it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I would, I, I, don't know, I would buy probably, I would take Kelly Fox's Pinot Noir any time. I think. Great. As, as would probably quite a lot of other people. I'm yeah, sure. absolutely. <laughs> but, great um, but actually, I mean, the, the thing about the real wine fair is that there are so many growers here that I don't know, and you go around. I mean, I just tasted some wine from a an Alsace grower who I'd never heard of before, and I can't remember his name actually, and um, and his wines are stunning. Yeah, I'm just like, wow, you know, and, and that's what's so good about the real wine fair is you just, you just discover unexpected surprises all the time. Definitely. And, uh, and maybe one or two that you don't appreciate, but it's, uh, you know, there's always personal taste comes into it. Definitely. <laughs> but it, that's the great thing. I mean, it's just such a good fair to come to. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's a winemaking education at the same time. Mm. No, well, perfect. Well, you know, um, thank you so much for coming to join us today. I really mm. appreciate your time. You know, ah. I've been a fan of your wines and ah. uh, appreciate everything you're yeah. doing, not only for your wines and what you're doing, but I, you know, I think it's a really important voice for uh, the UK wine industry. And uh, great to have you. Thank Cheers. You. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> hmm.